Back to Sherry in a second, but I just wanted to talk about my favorite vitamins by Mary Ruth's. I love to have the apricot, peach, and mango vitamin D gummies. They are delicious. And I know everybody has seen all these influencers getting these lymphatic drainage massages. Why not start with an amazing supplement in drop form? The lymphatic drops are also awesome. And I just got some new products that I'm going to try that I'm excited to, um, you know, implement into my diet. And if you guys want a code, it's Mary Ruth. You just go to their website, Mary Ruth Organics. It's an amazing company. It's all vegan, all natural, delicious. Use code Mary Ruth at checkout for a discount. Welcome back to Divine Healing by D. Today I have on Leonard Perlmutter. He is the author of Your Conscience. He is the founder and director of the American Meditation Institute. He's also the best-selling author of The Heart and Science of Yoga and the originator of the National Conscious Month. And over the past 25 years, he's been on the faculties of the New England Institute of Ayurvedic Medicine in Boston and also the International Himalayan Yoga Teachers Association in Canada. He studied in India. Uh, He's so accomplished. He leads so many workshops on meditation and yoga. And we're going to talk about his book and about our conscience and, you know, how to live our life with it. And he also has online video courses about meditation and yoga it's just he's a wealth of knowledge and i'm very grateful to have him here on the podcast so here's leonard i'm going to talk about your book today your conscience and in your opinion do you think a lot of people listen to their conscience or ignore it well i think that most people uh do ignore it But Mm -hmm. the important thing that everybody should know is that every single choice that we have ever made and every single choice we will ever make has been and always will be made by the conscience, whether we're Mm -hmm. consciously aware of it or not. And that is a game changer to realize that. Every single choice we have ever made or will ever make has been and always will be made by the conscience because the conscience is the only function of the mind that can discriminate, determine, judge, and decide. The conscience Mm -hmm. is our our decision maker, whether we're aware of it or not. And when Mm -hmm. we're not aware of it, the other functions of the mind continually hold us imprisoned to their limited, faulty concepts. And is this something that's conditioned from our parents, or are we born with a level of? Uh, we are born. We are born, born with a certain uh, a level of ego, mm-hmm. sense, and. Uh, unconscious concepts but mom is our first guru so we're we 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 look at her face all the time we don't have 
uh, a developed conscience to make discriminating choices from prenatal right. to six years of age. But but we we are aware like a TV camera is aware, and so we're we're looking at mom's face, and if she's smiling and there are no wrinkles around her mouth or her eyes, then I know that, oh, this is safe, this is good, uh, this is pleasant. And if if mom and then later dad uh, might uh, have some wrinkles uh, on their face and, and they're scowling, oh, maybe, maybe I should be afraid of this type of a situation, this type of a relationship. And I pick up those habits very easily and very honestly. And I learned mm-hmm. from grandma and grandpa and siblings, and uh, uh, I even learned from celebrities and politicians uh, and the culture. And many of the concepts that we store in our unconscious hard drive, our unconscious mind, are faulty. Right. And every time we use them, we experience pain as opposed to positive experiences and resolution so where does where does the conscience get its wisdom besides our you know family members or the people that we it does it go deeper than that oh yes it goes all the way to the center of consciousness you see mm-hmm. the conscience has a unique capacity it acts as a mirror and it can reflect perfect wisdom from the superconscious portion of the mind. Now, the superconscious portion of the mind is beyond the conscious, it's beyond the unconscious, and it's the same portion of the mind where Albert Einstein saw mathematical equations. It's the same mm-hmm. portion of the mind where Paul McCartney hears beautiful melodies. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you or I or any of our listeners are going to become songwriters. If they right. use their conscience, it doesn't mean that they're going to become physicists or mathematicians if they use their conscience. But what it what it does mean is the more that we develop a friendship and trust with the superconscious portion of the mind that is reflected mm-hmm. by the conscience, then every single unique relationship that we have will be benefited. Mm, I see. Uh, I wanted to just like pivot a little bit because I was watching something on Instagram. I wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, generational trauma, does that also affect our conscious at all? Is anything connected there? Well, everything everything that we're aware of uh, mm-hmm. affects us and we have a relationship with it, whether we're conscious of it or not. Mm-hmm. So if there's a... a a generational uh, influence, uh, a cultural influence, uh, regardless of whether we're conscious of it, we have a relationship with it. And depending on how skillfully we deal with it, uh, will determine uh, whether we accept the suggestion or we reject the suggestion. Mm. Right. And that's where inner conflict comes in. Uh, absolutely, right. and inner conflict yeah. is the mother of all problems. So if there's inner conflict, mm-hmm. there's got to be outer conflict because it's all right. one. So the first outer conflict is going to be, oh, my body's going to be in pain, or right. my relationship with my marriage, or my children, or my work colleague, or my employer, or the president of the United States. 
going to be in conflict, you see. Hmm. Okay. So how does your yoga practice tie into this philosophy and all of this? Well, it's all how yoga. How does it influence it's it? All it's all yoga. It's all yoga. All life is yoga. And mm-hmm. it's all about relationships and how we're, how do we deal with relationships. So the key, the real key, mm-hmm. is to understand and coordinate all four functions of the mind. The okay. mind is our problem. Yeah. And the mind is our solution. Mm-hmm. So right now, nobody ever taught us. Number one, they never taught us that the mind has four functions. They've never taught us in any level of schooling that I know of. Uh, the power of the conscience and the purpose of the conscience. The only thing that you or I or anybody else has learned in school is is to memorize and recite what we've memorized. Right. And that's yeah. not bad. That's not bad because then we can get a degree, and then that means that uh, chances are better than not that we'll get a good uh, paying job. Right. But but we're still enslaved to the inner conflict of the four functions of the mind, and therefore we are still in pain. So it's yeah. it's critically important to talk about and understand these four functions of the mind and how they can be coordinated. And that's what your conscience, the book, is all about. The first function of the mind that we have to be introduced to is, is the ego. Mm-hmm. And, and the ego, as one of the four functions of the mind, it's much more than Western psychology, you know, being puffed up about yourself and your own self-importance. No. Ego is actually hardwired, so to speak, to the reptilian brain. And the reptilian brain and its its ego uh, is heavily invested in self-preservation. In other mm. words, I don't want to die. I don't want the form to be obliterated. Mm. And so in service to that, both the reptilian brain and the ego suffer for from an intense fear of annihilation. Mm. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is. The ego is always fearful that this is the end of the story. I'm afraid I'm... I'm going to uh, be annihilated. Mm. And and in service to that, the ego shows up in every relationship that requires an action that brings about a consequence. And in every relationship, the ego always has something to say. The ego, because it only has a limited perspective, is often wrong, but it's never in doubt because it's so fearful. It can't even think straight. So the ego, in the midst of every relationship, cuts that relationship in half and says, oh, this portion over here, oh, this is very pleasant. I like it. I call this good. Let's reprise it. But this section over here, oh, this is very unpleasant. Oh, I don't like this. I call this bad. Let's eliminate it from our life. And so what happens is if I listen continuously and I serve Mm -hmm. the limited perspective of the ego, my mind is going to become addicted to things I like and things I don't like. I'm going to want to reprise the things I like and I'm going to want to eliminate the things I don't like. 
the problem for all human beings is that at this point in our life, we know that that which is pleasant is not mm-hmm. always good. Right, and yep. That which is unpleasant isn't always bad for us. And so if I, if my, if my ego and my mind becomes addicted to likes mm-hmm. and dislikes and doesn't have the mental flexibility to know what's to be done and what's not to be done, right. and that mental flexibility is going to create physical flexibility, and that's going to mean pain. So that's the ego. And the ego is loud, it's pushy, mm-hmm. it's insistent, yep. and it's noisy. Great word. So that's the that's the ego. That's the way it works. That's That's how it yep. makes a living. And then the second function of the mind, this is, these are our senses and the organs of sense. You know, the eyes, the nostrils, the mouth, the ears, the hands, the feet. And our mind projects our creative energy through the senses to look and smell and taste and hear and touch aspects of the world that it is desperately trying to find and discover that is going to bring me happiness, bring me security, bring me health. The problem is the senses are very nearsighted. They only see the Mm. front. They can't see the back. But there's always a back to the front. Mm -hmm. And so what the senses do is they waste a tremendous amount of our creative energy chasing after a pot of gold at the end of all these rainbows that it insists is going to bring us happiness. Not only happiness, but lasting happiness, right. which it never never is able to fulfill. Mm-hmm. So it's it's somewhat analogous to squeezing a tube of toothpaste, and certainly the toothpaste will come out but it's virtually impossible to put the toothpaste back in the tube. It's the same with our creative energy. Once the senses expend our creative energy after these wild goose chases, we can't get it back. And yet, we all need a lot of creative energy to fulfill the purpose of our lives, to fulfill all these duties and responsibilities that we have. So, again, like the ego, the senses only have a narrow perspective, often wrong, but never in doubt. And let me just say that in regard to the ego and the senses, they're not always wrong, because right now I need a healthy ego to have this conversation with you. Right. And you need a healthy ego to have a, 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 a good, meaningful conversation with me. We both need, and everybody needs, a good, healthy ego to drive an automobile or a truck. Yeah. But it's only a limited perspective. Same with the senses. Uh, right. I like and enjoy a good meal, and I and I like a, a good dessert. I have a body. I have senses. Life is to be enjoyed without guilt. But the question is, if the first piece of apple pie is okay... Is the second piece of apple pie okay? Right. Moderation. That brings us to moderation. Right, right. A little discrimination here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's I the like ego that. and that's the senses, the first two functions. 
The third function mm-hmm. is sort of a repository of all these habits the ego and the senses have created. So all these habits that serve our self-preservation, they're all on the hard drive. They're all on in our unconscious mind. And memories, some are pleasant, some are unpleasant, they're in the unconscious mm-hmm. mind. Same, same with all our imaginations. Oh, what if this should happen? What if that should happen? What if neither happens? And so the unconscious, again, is not always wrong. The unconscious can serve us very well. We have a lot of positive things stored in the unconscious, but a lot of faulty concepts, too. So the unconscious, the senses, and the ego, with limited perspective, often wrong, never in doubt. They're all loud. They're pushy. They're insistent. They create a lot of noise in the mind. And when the ego senses an unconscious mind are so insistent and so loud, our conscience, which is the decision maker, cannot cannot reflect super conscious wisdom from the center of consciousness. And instead, the conscience will still make the choice. But instead of reflecting super conscious wisdom that will always lead us for our highest good, The conscience is relegated to merely rubber stamping the limited, often faulty concepts of the ego, senses, and unconscious mind. And that is what causes stress and anxiety Mm -hmm. and pain and disease. Yes, 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 yes to all. You know, another thing that we are not taught in school that we should also be taught karma the law of karma so well, what is the time be between karma? right don't you think because everybody is just yeah. so interested in learning more about well, it well we sort of we, we sort of did uh, learn the law of karma didn't we in fifth uh, grade science class you know we learned about newton's third law of motion yeah for every action there's an equal reaction and that's basically a restatement of the law of karma which mm. says thoughts lead to action and action leads to consequence that can lead us in one direction or the other so my feeling is that that every human being shares the same desired consequence we want mm-hmm. on some level we want to be happy we want to be secure we want to right. have a healthy body we want loving meaningful relationships okay So the question then is, how are we going to get to point B from point A? Well, we need a business plan. Well, have we ever put a business plan together to uh, to, uh, assure that we will experience health and happiness and security as the consequence of every action? No. So we need that business plan. We need a philosophy of life that will bring about those consequences. And like every what? consequence, remember, comes from an action, and every action mm. comes from a thought. So examining mm. our thoughts is critically okay. important. And the Very philosophy simple. of life that is older than recorded history is yoga science. an educational body of knowledge that later became the origin of every single religion in the world. 
But wouldn't what would you say to someone who says it's really just exhausting to rely on the conscience all the time? Isn't it? I would say that uh, you're selling yourself short because every mm. single human being has the capacity to create habits. We are habit makers. Uh, human beings are habit makers. And so I remember how exhausting and how frustrating it was when I was 15 years old to learn how to drive an automobile. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> yeah. there was a lot of stress involved. How 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 much am I going to turn the wheel to the left? How much am I going to turn it to the right? How much pressure am I going to apply with my foot on the gas pedal so that the automobile doesn't jerk, jerk, jerk from the red light? And and how much pressure uh, is my foot going to exert on the brake so that I don't slow down in a jerky manner? And how am I going to possibly parallel park? All these <laughs> things were so burdensome. Yeah. But slowly, 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 what happened? I developed a global skill. So I don't think about those things. They're not even issues anymore because I have a global skill. And and for me, driving the automobile now is a pleasure. It's the same with learning to use your conscience. We can create a global skill that will bring us a new way of being in the world. Nice. So... How about if somebody wants to just let loose and have fun? How would you Great. guide them with this? Great. Sometimes that's what we have to do. And and the conscience uh, and the superconscious wisdom wants us to do that sometimes too. And so when the conscience says, yes, have a piece of apple yeah. pie, really let loose, go ahead. Enjoy it. Have no guilt. But Especially if, if you're thinking you a about a second piece of apple pie, yeah. maybe the conscience will say, uh, <laughs> exactly. now that's time to sacrifice that desire. Right. And we have to be willing to serve both suggestions from the conscience, both to eat the apple pie and then to say thank you, but no thank you, to the second slice. So is and that I like one point of attention? Excuse me? Is that one-pointed attention? What does that mean? Is that giving attention to, like, one point, and then once you fulfill that point, you are, you know, you're giving into the conscience saying, like, hey, maybe you should pull back a bit. Is that what it means? Well, yes, uh, on some level. The one-pointed mm. attention actually is one of the first tools that we learn in seated meditation to direct Ooh, okay. all of our mental energy toward one point. And we do this, everybody does this automatically, whenever we fall in love. When we have a, an experience, any experience, mm -hmm. uh, a good book, a good movie, uh, uh, a beautiful uh, mate, uh, a beautiful sunset, anything, that captures our attention, it focuses our mind, our attention, in a one-pointed manner automatically. And what do we say? We say what the ego says. Oh, 
Oh, it's the book that made you happy. Oh, it's the mm. movie that made you happy. Oh, yeah. it's your uh, wife that made you happy. Oh, it's your husband that made you happy. Oh, it's your partner that made you happy. But there's no object and there's no relationship in the world that has any power to make you happy. For happiness and fullness is your essential nature, the essential nature of consciousness, which exists at the core of your being. And so one-pointed attention is developed in meditation. That's the first skill you receive. The second is detachment. You learn through one-pointed attention to create a space between stimulus and response. And in the space between stimulus and response exists what? Freedom. Freedom of choice to then redirect your attention in the midst of the call of this stimulus, whether it's a desire or fear or anger, in the midst of the presence of that force, of that stimulus, to be detached, which we learn in meditation, I have the freedom to check with my conscience to find out, is this stimulus now in Mm -hmm. this moment to be served or is it to be sacrificed? Ooh, so I yeah. create one-pointed attention, I create detachment, and I get the freedom to receive superconscious wisdom. And the fourth skill that I have is that I'm constantly building willpower. The muscles of willpower are being built. The more that I do the experiment in letting my conscience be my guide. Yeah, that's hard for me. <laughs> when you said willpower, I'm like, home. oh, hard for, for me. <laughs> but, that's, but that's not you. Yeah. Because not it's me, not it's hard not for me. you. You know, God yeah, said, let not. there be light, and there was light. If you could do that, yes. what is there that you cannot do? You it's know, just I that think we you identify with the daily. limitations of our own mind. <laughs> We identify yeah, with the limitations true. of our own mind. And yet, I'm not my mind. I'm not the limitations. Oh, I might have a relationship with them. Right. But I am not them. But if I know I just have a relationship with them, I can change them if they're not serving the entire organism in a, an appropriate, healthy way. Very good. Very good point. Um so, am I? Is this a Buddhist concept, ahimsa? Well, uh, I guess you could say that it's also that. Uh, yogic. It's also yeah. uh, Hindu. It's also Jewish. It's also Christian. <laughs> it's also uh, uh, Muslim. It, it simply oh, means wow. that it, it simply means that every thought, every word, every act must be non-injurious. Because mm-hmm. there really is no other. We think that uh, you and I think that we are separate because we have different bodies, we have different minds, we have different habit patterns, and different personalities. Mm-hmm. So we assume that that which appears is the truth, but it's not. It's just an illusion. The limitation Ooh. of my brain and my senses tells me that there's two, you and me. But the truth is that the body, the mind, the personality,
personality, the habit patterns, they're all subject to change. And yet, in the midst of all that change, within you and within me is something which is eternal. Consciousness. Consciousness, wisdom, and bliss. And the same consciousness within you is within me. It's the background of all reality. So what that means is that every relationship, or even though it appears to be separate from you, mm-hmm. is with yourself. I see. So would you be injurious to yourself? Well, no. Knowingly? No. No. So if I act in an injurious way to what my brain and senses say is someone else, somewhere in space and time, that pain is going to visit me. And if I give selflessly of myself to this other person that my brain and senses tell me uh, is separate from me, then if I give something positive to them, loving, that will be added unto me. Very nice. So I was looking for the uh, where you mentioned Judaism, and I'm trying to connect to what I know. And I think I would connect Lashon Hara as a type of Ahimsa where not to speak any gossip. And then the most common uh, practice would be to be a vegetarian because you know that it, you're not harming other animals. So it's just it's such a interesting concept to look into. And oh, and it also it's in, it reminds it's in me. every tradition. It's in every, every tradition, tradition, yes. And it reminds because me of the Because at the core of every tradition egg. is yoga. And yoga simply yeah. means what? Union. Union between yeah. the quote-unquote individual that we believe that we are and the supreme intelligence that, it, mm. that exists at the core of our being. Right. It reminds me of that short story, The Egg. Have you read? Have you read that? It's it's really wonderful, and I think it. Can you can you can you uh, share a sure. little bit? Of it? Uh, yes. Yeah, so it's a, a nameless older man. He passed. He passes away, and he basically yeah. meets God. And short story is that he God tells him that he is in everything and in everyone, and that he will live on and. Uh, you've been reincarnated many times before and just explains to him how uh, you were once, you know, John Wilkes Booth, you were every Holocaust victim that we are in each other, that everybody's within each other. And it's one, and really it's, it it stays with you. It's such an important story that just stays with you. And I, I get reminded of that. Because it's the truth. Yes, and, yes, and exactly. somewhere in your consciousness, you, you know that it uh, rings a familiar chord. It it really, yeah. really does. Well, we got beautiful. we had we had so many things covered today. I'm just like such a really amazing episode filled with wise tidbits. And thank you. This was wonderful. Can you tell everybody? Do you have any courses? Any any things coming up that you'd like to discuss? and sure, share with people sure. with the audience. First, I, I'd like to uh, uh, let people know that uh, the book that uh, I just wrote, named Your Conscience, mm-hmm. uh, which is now available, uh, it has its own website, which is called yourconscience.org, yourconscience.org. 
and I teach from the American Meditation Institute in upstate New York, which I founded in 1996. And the American Meditation Institute also has its own website. It's AmericanMeditation.org, AmericanMeditation.org. And there you'll find uh, all sorts of programs and, and courses. And on the home page, there's a link to a free guided meditation and philosophical discussion, just like you and I uh, have been having today, Davina. Uh, and it's free. You just click on the link, and you have access to it every Sunday from 9.30 to 11 Eastern Time. And the very next day, the following Monday, mm-hmm. you will receive a free recording of it so that you can keep it with you and you can reference it. Very nice. So those are, those are two things. And, oh, let me just give you one other thing. And okay. that is that every January, this coming January included, is National Conscience Month. Mm. And so... The website for that is consciencemonth.org. Conscience Month I founded three years ago, and this this will be our third annual celebration. We have a uh, an annual essay contest for high school seniors that we give them a scholarship for oh, the best essay on. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to give you a friendly reminder. If you like what you're listening to, if you like my content, if you like my podcast episodes, really appreciate ratings on Apple, reviews, subscribe, share to your friends, family, anyone you really think would benefit it. And thank you always for the support.